You are listening to the Mike's on Mike's podcast where we discuss TVs, movies, video games, and theater. Tonight's hosts, Michael Lamberti and Michael Enamorado. because my audio was shit the last time and it looks like I was in a fishbowl uh, so you understand my pain and suffering <laughs> when it comes no, to No, I get you. Uh, for the film I've been working on, I instead of using like a, a shotgun mic attached to the camera, I started using my phone as an external audio source and Ooh. that's a great idea but it's also a terrible idea because it involves a lot of cleanup work. Like uh, oh, yeah. one of my shots at first, because where I put the, the, the phone, it was, like, in between my legs. Like, not held <laughs> in between my legs, just, like, on the couch in between my legs. It's a little muffled, because yeah. I move a little bit. And I gotta uh, say, nah. the audio work, it took me, like, an hour to figure out how to make it good. And the simple was so easy, or the simple, the fix was so easy that I felt like an idiot afterwards. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but, luckily, um, CJ from utter nonsense just you know helped help us out for that episode cool um, guy i do appreciate you know you know he made my audio a little bit bearable but still um but here we are going to be talking about another film advice and we're going to be talking about uh leadership and ego and how could that also um hit you in the butt in the very end of it because let's be honest here when it comes to like the film industry you always have to be humble with every opportunity you can get because you know all about the film industry as a whole and even like in theater as well it's all about like networking and also um how you present yourself and if you act like a little bit of a egotistical prick uh you're probably not gonna be hired ever again um because actually when i was doing um my auditions for the night shift i actually just concluded my audition process actually last week oh congrats dude that's awesome yeah thanks man um so What's, what's really interesting is, um, you know, there was actually one actor that auditioned, and we had, we, we weren't planning to um, audition for this guy's role yet, um, but what kind of killed his audition was, yeah, I'm an actor. I could, you know, he pretty much acted like a pretty much, he had an ego. He's like, yeah, I'm an actor. This is my job. And, like, kind of like a very, like, snotty attitude, and I didn't really like it, mm-hmm. how, he, how he said it. Um, because he's, um, uh, because it was like a voiceover, uh, role that he also auditioned and he, he sounded great and he did a really good job, but he kind of just made himself be like, yeah, I'm above everyone, every single one of y'all. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I was like, I don't want to work with people like that. You know, we worked <laughs> with a lot of people like that back in, uh, undergrad. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So for, for the people who do not know, um, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Um, <laughs> And uh, me and uh, well, me and well, I'm gonna toot my horn and also your horn. Okay. Um, because because this was a collaborative effort. Uh, me and Mike started our own film club called Goonie Studios, and it was the first film club, quote unquote, uh, that you know that has been a part of Boonesburg University that mostly concentrated about making your own short films or full feature films and podcasts and stuff like that. We had a really good, strong year um, because we had a bunch of creative people coming in that actually wanted to make films. Because one of our struggles when it comes to you know 
when we came into Bloomsburg was there wasn't really a a program that specifically talked about films or wanting to make films because Bloomsburg, I will admit, it's mostly like, you know, when it comes to the telecommunications program, it was mostly about broadcast journalism and also broadcast television. So it was it only focused on that and me and Mike were just like, dude, we wanna make movies and we were kinda like venting our our um, frustrations with that until I had the little bright idea to be like, hey, how about we make a film club? And so luckily our most uh, favorite professor of all time, Dr. Ganahl, he gave us the Bless. opportunity to <laughs> he's, a, he's an amazing person. And honestly, without Dr. Ganahl's um, blessing and making the, the club, you know, part of Be You Now, it would have never existed. And, you know, we had a really good, strong year, but um, I will admit my leadership in the club could have been better because, you know, this was my first ever leadership role, like, ever. And, you know, I mean, there are some situations I could have, I think to myself that I could have done better because there was, like, a whole situation about, um, I think, wasn't the situation, was it, like, a race problem or, like, it's been a while that (laughs) was, um, yeah, it was something like that where, um, a member we had claimed that we were racist, but then they would, they turned around and cast, uh, somebody of a certain descent as like a different sort of ethnicity because oh that's what they look like yeah so this person legit <laughs> did the most like the actual racist part in their own production and it legit went down went down the drain super quick mm-hmm. and actually um it was just like this whole big drama with that person and that's what kind of led the the club to kind of die in a way it sucks because she was really great at the start and she had one of yeah, our best she, projects. Yeah, absolutely. She did a, an amazing job at the very beginning, but I just don't know what, what brought up that situation or like what made her like go da- down this route. Um, and then how she just spread rumors about the club, and then you know it just it felt like a lot of high school stuff. drama. Yeah, it, high school drama. It was just not needed. It's um, uh, what I did was. I did talk to her in person about the situation, and then she ended up just screaming and yelling at me at the legit at one of the dorms, and I'm just like, this is so unprofessional right now. Um, and I, obviously, I kept my cool and everything like that, but um, obviously the GA, no, not the GA, one of the CAs in Northern Berlin, you know, held like the meeting and everything like that, and you know, it kind, he kind, he, in a way, he did help clarify some of the things, but also at the same time, like. They did spread like the rumors a lot on the club to the point that it just went overboard. And then on my senior year, it you know they you know obviously I didn't really have like proof that she said it, but then later on I did have proof that she did say it, and it was just it was super unfortunate how it happened. And so obviously during the pandemic and everything like that, um, I passed down the mantle to for to be the next president of Boomy Studios to be uh, Isaiah. And, you know, unfortunately with him, I do feel bad because he was pretty much running this club with kind of like with no resources or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we did tell him like what the rules are and what to be expected and what your job was going to be from now on, kind of when, you know, because he only had like a semester left at, Boomy, at, at Bloomsburg. 
I would think. Um, but obviously, you know, he was trying to revive a club during a pandemic, and obviously, you can't meet in person. And obviously, uh, we're in the age of Zoom. Um, so people would only just sometimes, you know, depending on the person, some person would just leave their mic off and, you know, turn their camera off and they'll just be there until the meeting's over and it's, yeah, that's the end of the day. Yeah, I'm gonna be real, um, uh, whenever we graduated and then we kind of, like, passed on the mantle to him, uh, I think I deleted GroupMe and then I eventually got, like, two new phones in that time period and I never re-downloaded it, so I don't know anything about what's happened with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still had GroupMe, so I kind of, like, looked... I mean, I still... I actually still use GroupMe still. Mm -hmm. Did anybody um, ever, like, pick up the club or do anything with it? Um, unfortunately, it kind of just, um... It kind of just dissolved away, unfortunately. That sucks. Because, yeah, it, it, it sucks, but, you know, um, what, what Nate's been trying to do, like, he was, like, our secretary, I believe, and he's been, like, um... He's been he was trying to get in touch with Isaiah and you know about how to, to make the club, you know, better. But um, you know, Isaiah was working at Applebee's mm -hmm. and you know obviously during the pandemic and everything. So, and also still a college student, so his his hands were tied. So, it was just um, you know, obviously if you know it was all about like time management and obviously you know, working on a, a big a big thing, obviously you know. It just took way too much time, and I yeah. don't blame Isaiah for you no, know. No, no, just no. Life was he, dealt. Yeah, we got a crappy hand. Basically, everybody did. Yeah, we all had a crappy year. It, it's you know, it was it's no one's fault at the club. Yeah, it's no one's fault. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when it comes to me, like you remember the days that you know when I was Gloomy Studios president, like the the stress that I had mm -hmm. to the point that I was kind of you know not really sure what to do with the club, you know, kind of mm -hmm. just questioning my own leadership and everything like that because, you know, this is, you know, it was my first time being the president of anything, really. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's a, it's a big responsibility yeah. to go with, you know, your leadership and everything. And I thought that in a way that even, like, at Gloomy Studios at its highest, you know, I felt like, yes, this is, like, the true potential of Gloomy Studios. I saw it as its highest, but also I saw it at its lowest. And I felt like, you know, in a way, I felt like it was my fault, in a way, um, that I didn't, you know, keep it alive as long as I should have been, in a way. But at the, at the same time, there was just some situations that, you know, I could not control or like, you know, because obviously if you don't have evidence that this person said something, you know, like a screenshot or whatever, then you have no case mm -hmm. until, you know, uh, unfortunately, I wish I had that evidence at, you know, what my one friend showed me, you know, claiming that this person said this and, you know, maybe the club could have been saved and the whole situation could have been prevented. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, when it comes to leadership, you know, even within this industry, you need to admit when, you know, you need to admit, your, you know, not only just your faults, but also, you know, look at your own resources and trying to just reflect back and just take ownership of your own mistakes. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, um, I felt like, you know, once Bloomy Studios was kind of like, um, kind of slowly dying off and when I was kind of just wondering what I wanted to do, you know, that's when the Stephen King film came about, and 
you know, I that's when I found like my leadership as a as a director, and I felt like I, in a way, I felt like I did a good job. <laughs> well, um, back to the other but... thing is just like uh, another like do and I guess don't is just like sometimes you got to realize when things are or aren't in your control, and if it's out of your control, there's not really much you can do about that. But if there is something yeah. that like a situation you can can take control of, then go for it. In your case, uh, you couldn't really because it just got way out of hand that other people had to deal with it and it was kind of a pain in the ass and so i think that's what eventually led to the downfall and so kind of like a do is communication i think it's fine on a film set uh or to your co-workers if it's like you need to vent about something or like an individual oh, yeah. uh, especially if like it's a big problem and you can eventually take it to them but if it's just like mm-hmm. lots of drama gossip uh, shit like that, then you kind of gotta either grow up or get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like, legit, like, um, when it, if you, I'm gonna go back on, like, you know, like, the, like, venting and everything like that. Um, uh, this, this actually happened to me, actually, over the weekend. I was a second AC, um, but there was, like, um, I got really annoyed that we were, we weren't really, like, doing anything like um we like the all the actors showed up like on time all the crew showed up on time like at 9 a.m mm-hmm. and we didn't start shooting till like 2 p.m so that was extremely that's, annoying that's crazy and, that's bad and, yeah it's extremely bad and the fact that um uh the you know i think this is a big gripe with me like if you know, like, she, because I saw, like, the, the director's frustrations, like, we haven't started filming, and, you know, she says, I have no idea, like, what to do, or I would, you know, I, I said to her, like, you know, obviously when it comes to art department, you know, sometimes that's going to take a lot more time that, that you thought it's going to be, and she actually asked for, well, I gave her some advice, because, because this was her first, like, directing thing, because she's, this was a student, of course, not an actual professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all there together, so I told her like you know sometimes if you you know if you know like hair and makeup is gonna take a lot of time or art department you usually ask them to come in a little bit more earlier, and so like at least like an, maybe like an hour early and then once everything's all set up or you know if that's all good and great or hell maybe even like after wrapping the first day you get set up for the next day so you so when everyone comes in you can just get started, mm-hmm. and she's you know she took that advice really great but. Um, everyone was pretty much tired, aggravated, frustrated because the director and the DP were kind of just goofing off most of the time and it just took up the majority of it. Mm-hmm. And I got super frustrated and I actually legit almost left the set because it was it was getting out of hand. We legit only got like two shots within seven hours and I was just like, dude, no. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Like, uh, whenever I started filming my newest project, uh, we sat there for – I'm the director. We were talking for 30, 40 minutes. We only got one shot, but I think that's fine because we were actually talking it out how we were going to do it. And, yeah, I should have mm-hmm. done a little bit more planning beforehand. That's on me, but I think that could be said about literally any project where in your oh, brain yeah. it's this way, and then once you actually start it, you're like, oh, maybe – it won't work this way and you have to kind of come up with it on the fly and really it's just all about how you do that i think that's sort of an acceptable case versus like oh 
uh, these crew and actors over here, they're just dicking around, and it's kind of wasting everybody's time. And at that point, it's just like, that's not that's not acceptable. What what are you doing? You got all these people yeah, here. Exactly. You're wasting their time. They could be off doing something else. They came here to do your project, which they, truthfully, they did not have to do. So you should at least show them some respect and, you mm -hmm. know, use your time and their time wisely. Actually, a really, actually, a really good example of how a successful set when we're recording is actually when I was working with uh, Joe Boy, like um, on like two weeks ago, and he like it was amazing like how his directing was like legit when we came in, um, actors came in, uh, we all you know said hello to everybody and everything like that, and we got makeup ready to go, and you know obviously art department was already done. So, because there was nothing really that we could, for, for our department to do, because everything was already set up, like, the night before. And how it was really awesome, like, it was just the DP, like, knew what the directors wanted right then and there. And so we, we were just going shot after shot after shot after shot, and everything that came up, like, legit, we all adapted to the situation. And it legit, like, it made us take in, like, ten minutes to fix the situation, but... It, we were just running smoothly to the point that, you know, our end time was, like, legit at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh and God. honestly, by the time, you know, obviously, um, I signed up for that. Yeah, that's so. cool. <laughs> so, by the time that we were done, it was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's 3 a.m. already? And he says, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. I was like, I was like, bet. Yeah, could you imagine so, if it wasn't sort of, like... Uh, communicated or coordinated, or you would have been there till maybe like five, six o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. or that even later, and just disaster. yeah, just because like it and wouldn't have been all there. No, uh, good, oh good God. job, uh, Joe Boy and the rest of the crew, yourself included. That's that's very good. Yeah, um, actually, um, I also want to talk about uh, what a huge thing, copyright. I want to go there. Let's do it. We got time. <laughs> Um, it's very important so, these days. Very, very important. So I want to talk about a situation that happened to me in Greensburg. I don't like in, in case for anyone who's actually listen listening to this and who has been involved in this class. I want to make this very known. I'm not beating a dead horse. This is honestly really helpful situation that any everyone who studies film or media or journalism, whatever you are studying when it comes to like the copyright law. It's it's huge. I, I don't want to, you know, I'm of course, some people are going to be really annoyed, be like, really, he's talking about this again? But I want to make this very known, that communication with your crew and how to use pre-production to your advantage could really help you out in the long run, okay? So, I wrote a, a giant science fiction movie that I know and love, and it was a Star Wars fan film. And... I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this, and Mike could tell ya. Like, I legit went all out on this. Like, I was really inspired by Rogue One, and so what we, we would, what happened was, you know, I, I wrote it, and uh, it was, I think, at the time, I think it was like 75 pages, 72, around there. And, it was pretty big. You know, I, it was pretty, it was a big project. So I went to one of our professors at Bloomsburg, and I gave her the script and, you know, to say, hey, I want to do this. Because at that point, I didn't know about the copyright law, you know. And so I didn't know. So I asked Not the only that, it was just would... like – it was at the, the start of your sort of career. And so 
you weren't used to the sort of like uh, any sort of restraints that would come with that or like resource restraints stuff like that and mm -hmm. I think the, the 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 person you went to for guidance kind of dropped the ball on how the project went mm -hmm. like so I met with her at, 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 at first and you know she said oh we can't do it uh, copyright and everything. I was like, okay, that's understandable. And then, like, four months later, I legit get a phone call from her, and then telling her to meet with her, which I was like, that's scary. Um, <laughs> so, I legit go into her office, and I'm seeing, like, uh, one of our friends, and I'm gonna name him, I'm not gonna put his name on here, um, I'm gonna, let's call him, uh, let's call him Kevin. So, I'm sitting there with Kevin, and he's like smiling like a shitty grin and like what's happening like this is, this is, this is I get the feeling of like a surprise birthday party is about to happen tonight <laughs> so um you know and then she was talking and she said yeah we could do the movie and I'm like to my knowledge I'm like oh we got the okay and everything like that and obviously I went into this uh like I did some research about like you know fan films and everything like that about Star Wars and you know I knew it was like an okay thing to do but what I didn't know was there was a whole different spectrum when it comes to educational purposes and, you know, like, involving, like, a whole class. It's, like, a complete other other thing mm -hmm. that you, it you know, that, that could have, you know, luckily this film didn't do well at all. Like, nothing was made, so I was really glad that this, the project failed in a way because I want to work for this brand one day and, you know, but so hap what happened was, we did a whole like how this class structure worked. It was like a like a class that ranged for four months for pre-production, and we pretty much dissected the script, fixed grammar, started casting, and looked at that resources to get funding for the movie. And so we got pretty much the casting done. We had resources done. Uh, we had a sense of how what our budget was going to be. Uh, but then when we were actually starting to get the budget. Uh, that's where we had a, a big stop at the moment and then uh, our professor came in and said hey we have to rewrite the entire script and I'm like why didn't we get the okay to do it and she says actually nah and I'm like oh okay so um, I had a huge um, panic attack um, pretty much like we're legit near like finals week and we have to rewrite the entire movie and keep in mind this script <sighs> took me like two years to write so you can imagine like my frustration and everything like that and luckily um you know kevin was just like hey are you okay and i'm like i'm gonna be honest no <laughs> uh so it was and also at that time you know even actors were like dropping out because they didn't really like the the leadership and like the communication that was going on with like with this situation as well so we had to constantly keep recasting people and to the point that the entire class who worked on pre-production ended up being the cast members of the move of the film now keep in mind usually like a like a 72 page script is kind of like two hours ish mm -hmm. like um like a two hour ish movie and at the final product you know obviously we took everything that was star wars related out and did our own lore and obviously during like winter break um the professor actually had a hold of my script and pretty much rewrote the movie as well to, and you know it was rewritten because there were some the scenes repeated itself and there was grammar issues as well 
and you know I there was also things that were being changed without my knowledge and at that point and it was just really aggravating um, to the point that the, uh, when I was sitting in with Kevin and another person I'm gonna call her I, I'm, actually, I'm also gonna keep her name out of this we we're gonna call her Sasha uh, you know uh, we were just talking about the film just venting and everything like that and so Sasha mentions to Kevin about you know a certain scene it was like a fight scene and he says I don't care and you know when the, the, the project was emotionally and physically draining when a director says I do not care about the final product um, mm -hmm. oh so, that was that was made evident with the final cut that we showed mm -hmm. so it was it felt like Spaceballs but not funny at all it was kind of upsetting and what even was even more messed up is just how we were treating like you know the actors and the extras, um, because I kind of noticed a thing that was also kind of like a little bit eh, because it was also kind of I would have expected a professor to take notice of this situation, but I, I me and Sasha kind of noticed like you know she whispers in my ear she's like Mike I'm not sure how I should say this but. Do you know, do you realize that all the extras are black? And I'm like, yes. And they're also the bad guys. I'm like, oh my god. And so this was a huge, big, a huge, big no-no. So luckily, you know, we had other, um, we also had, like, since, you know, some of the um, pre-production people that came in to actually act, you know, they were also white. So there was somewhat of a balance, but... It was very evident that this was, you know, this was like, like uh, this was kind of messed up, um, in a way. Um, also, uh, also, do you were you at the one time that there was like this, um, this fight scene that was taking place on top of like on campus? Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it it got messed up because of the wind and stuff. Yeah, it was all like the wind and I, there was and it also was getting like situation. Dark. Yeah, and it, it led up to this just like the professor legit started yelling and screaming at every single one of us, and I remember like the professor even like tried to blame me for not getting Boomy Studios involved in this project. Yeah, and and I'm like, listen, like if the people at Boomy Studios are not interested in this project, they are not interested. You know, I cannot make anybody do a project that they're not wanting to be part mm -hmm. of. That's just the fact. And when it comes to that, and also this, there was a whole big leadership situation because, like, there was multiple times that I thought, like, what was my role again? Because not only, like, I was, you know, I was the script writer at the point. Uh, but also I was the actor, but then there was like this whole big communication problem when I was like on set um, Because there was one person that mentioned that I should be doing more and I'm like, well, how am I supposed to be doing more if I don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, right uh, So it's that was like a whole big like situation like it seemed like like I'm surprised that I did not like drop that class and did something else mm -hmm. I'm honestly shocked um I guess in a way I still kind of like believed that this film could be good even with you know the initial tensions were were gone which I'm glad is gone it in a way it was gone but um 
on our especially at the very like end of it like he kind of like threatened to fail everybody because the film was not a hundred percent completed yeah and that expired it, it went totally haywire to the point we all had to email the chairman of the mass communications program about the situation and it just got out of control and at that point I didn't know like if I wanted to continue as a filmmaker anymore because of the situation um, you know if, if you could take any advice from that situation know your copyright law it is easier to come up with an original concept work with the people that you can rely on that could do the job and you know and do your best with it now I'm not saying like anyone that worked on that production specifically is a piece of shit no one was a piece of shit in this nope, in this situation. Not at all. No. Um, it's just like the you know they did not have the training to do it, and neither was I. And you know uh, we were all we all kind of just jumped in in a in a, in a pool of sharks and hope to God that we all survived. But obviously our raft was destroyed and we fell in face first in a pile of sharks. So we we did we didn't know we didn't know any better. We were all kids and we we and also some people were ready to graduate and so it was like a whole big situation hell kevin you know he was he was the director and he was like you know on his senior year and this was supposed to be like a like a big like like hurrah for him in a way because he was really excited to work on this but um at the very end of it he just wanted to be he just wanted to, he just wanted to leave and i don't blame him for that no. and i feel bad for like everyone that worked on the production and what transpired after that and you know some and some people that worked on the production i don't talk to anymore which you know um i mean actually i recently talked to kevin not too long ago like uh like i think the, like a couple months ago you know wanting to see how he was doing he's he's doing great he works at a news uh station now and he's he's living the best life he looks dramatically better from like th that year and now he looks a hundred percent healthy <laughs> And living the best life he can do. Like, I'm super proud and super happy that he's living the best life that he can be. But, you know, it's just, like, unfortunately, like, this one professor, you know, you know, you would expect, like, a professor who studied filmmaking, media, journalism, to look into, like, the copyright law and said, you know, be like, and be real with me. Like, hell, if he would have just not sent me that phone call... I think it would have like this would have never been a thing. Yeah, I I think that she did have your best interests at heart, and she really tried. But yeah, I because you know she she like knew looking that back I at it two years later, it's like yeah she tried. Yeah, she tried to make she wanted to make this film. She wanted to make make me feel like you know make this project a, a reality she did try her best mm -hmm. but i just think you know like i don't want to say like age or anything i think she was just like i don't i think she was just overwhelmed just just done mm -hmm. with the project and you know it, it was a lot for everybody and it was just like you know we were all we were all trying to make everybody happy but unfortunately you know we all face that limitation of just like, hey, sometimes projects are not meant to be made. Mm -hmm. And that's a fact. And there's nothing wrong with it. 
like the there was actually one thing I wanted to make a common writer uh, web series, and you were flat out with me. Like you told you legit told me it's like Mike, I'm gonna be real with you. Um, this cannot be made, and you know because obviously this requires a huge budget. And it's it was when it comes to special effects and costumes and you know certain items in that script mm-hmm. that was a thing were it'd be really hard to make especially without a three D printer. Um, you know, I legit you know I didn't take it to heart. And I mean back then I <laughs> I was just like damn it I really wanted to make it. But then like looking back on it like you know a year after that I was like you know what I'm glad that it wasn't made because. Um, because it would have been way too much work for, like, one episode anyways. And to the point, like, I kind of realized that, hey, if you if there was, like, something that I really wanted to make, I you know, make it original. And honestly, it was more fun than work on original stuff. Like, for, remember, like, Studio A? Oh, dude. And how much, so much fun Studio that was. was. Great, yeah. Studio A was so much fun to make. For those listening, was, Studio was, A, while it was its own thing, it was definitely inspired by the office i don't know mockumentary stuff is just always so much fun to make oh yeah because you have room to improv like you know there's there's room to like you know do a lot of fun stuff with it mm-hmm. and honestly like uh studio a was honestly like a lot of fun even though there was some technical issues with it but we were able to still giggle and laugh at it uh, i remember we were trying to do like a studio b yeah we had um, a few but... we had a few scripts we had a few meetings talking about what we'd like it to be, but it just never panned out due to uh, some people graduating or dropping out or just losing interest. Yeah, it was just one of those situations, and that's kind of like um, I actually it wasn't really that class. Well, we all moved on by then, you know. We all like me, you graduated, and also Jordan. Um, Donnie did his own thing. He's you know he does his like his own filmmaking crew whatever yeah um and also and you know we all kind of like lost contact with each other and because now also kenny he he's working at his um at his job um at the moment and also doing his own uh heavy metal stuff so um you know everyone was just doing their own thing and also i was going to grad school uh actually well i'm still in grad school but yeah um yeah we all just kind of went different ways yeah, and there's nothing, you know, wrong with it. And, and hell, like, we still had a really awesome, valuable experience. And honestly, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, I'm kind of glad that the situation that happened with, you know, my movie happened. So for when you got, when you came in, when you were at that directing and writing table, you guys knew what to do first and what not to do. Like, y'all came in and y'all kicked butt. Like, um, obviously, you know... Whenever, like, a situation happened, like, y'all were still able to film, like, something, and it was able to be done mm-hmm. at a reasonable thing, and I don't think there was, like, did you even have, like, a budget for that class? No. Yeah, so you did this with a zero budget, and it still came out great, honest to God. <laughs> and it's honestly, like, I still look back at it here and now and then and be like, holy shit, this was really, really, really fun to do. And yeah, honestly, it honestly, like, it was such a fun project. I loved that class. It was. Yeah. It and was stupid, but it was fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was stupid, but it still told a really awesome story about, a relatable story about college and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, 
it was because we were able to take what we learned from that movie to that class. Um, <laughs> Just like, well, um, it, it's something I've always said to myself anyway, because I've been making movies and shit like that since, like, I've been 14. And so mm-hmm. it's just like the biggest thing is uh, make a simple story because that's usually where you can get the most complex with it uh, actually making sense. It's like mm-hmm. the difference between just watching a little episode of a sitcom where the plot is just like uh, somebody's pet gets sick or some shit like that. It's just, you know, cute, uh, can be wholesome, can be sometimes sad, happy, all that sort of stuff, or it's just like a big budget movie where the story is just like, this guy has this disease, and he needs to get this guy's blood to heal himself, but the guy won't give him his blood, so now he has to break into this high-tech facility and steal the the thing, the, the blood of somebody else, and then it ends up not working that well. It's... Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like... Um... When it comes to like, when, especially when you're starting out, you just work what you got. Mm-hmm. And if making like short films that maybe have like, I say like a zero to three hundred dollar budget, you know that's a good start. Yeah. Honestly, so it's you know if you're just starting out and you don't really like, not really sure where you want this project to go for. You can make you something know, with like, the budget of a shoestring. All you need is just your phone. And yourself, maybe some other people, and your own mind. Yeah, like and friends, family. Yep, there you go. And you just go run with that. And um, it's all about just knowing your resources and what you can and can't do. And sometimes thinking outside you know, the box. Yeah, thinking about outside the box. And you know, what is one of the biggest things that I had to learn. I I'm not sure if it's really like ego or just not accepting reality. I guess, but. Um, it's just like there are some script ideas that are just not going to work and you know and it's okay to put that script in a drawer or in, in, a, in a file in, in your filing system or whatever and maybe you could pick it up later and you know with the resources now you like say like for example let's say like I become this big Hollywood producer or movie director right mm-hmm. and I have millions of dollars in my pocket and I look back on my file system and I see like a script that I wrote in college and I'd be like, yeah, you know what, I want to do this now. And, you know, we have a group meeting and everything like that and, you know, saying like, yeah, this is actually could be made with the technology that we have now. And then that's a whole different story. But, you know, it's just like, um, I will admit, I had, I thought like, you know, I could do anything I want and have because I had movie, you know, I have filmmaker friends, and they could we could do whatever we want. <laughs> and nope, <laughs> as much as uh, I wish that were true. Yeah, um, but sometimes that's the sad fact about it is you know, so, and it's not. I don't think I would consider you know, um, the movie that you know I wrote like the, the seventy-five page script to be a waste. And honestly, it was a very valuable educational. <laughs> Everything experience is an experience. I, yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you know. I'm bashing anyone who's who's who worked on it or who was in charge of it or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just you know I want to make sure that people you know learn from 
my mistakes or people that worked on it's mistakes and you know so a situation like this never can happen again to the point like because let's like let's be honest here like let's say like this movie was a hundred percent finished and you know like a whole two hour movie done who knows what would have happened who yeah, knows true, if true. like disney or lucasfilm came out if a blue would be like hey i'm suing you um <laughs> Or whatever, or you know, because maybe like there was a story that was like way too similar to their story, or whatever. I I don't would I wouldn't think it was similar to it, to anything. But, um, but you know, it could have been that what if scenario. Like you know, you just don't know what would have happened if this movie was a success or was not a success. Because honestly, there was actually a film that a full sale student did. Like this legit, this person like went to Disneyland. And filmed his film on on the park attraction, and legit changed all the <laughs> made all the uh, rides demonic and ate all the guests and everything like that. And it was managed to be in a Sundance Film Festival, uh, and got accepted and everything. Um, if you don't know what Sundance is, is one of the biggest film festivals mm-hmm. of all time, like a big one. And guess what? They didn't get permission to go on to, on to their attraction. They didn't get permission to do that to their characters. So by the time that Disney saw this, they're like they, they I would imagine they were going to take it down, but they haven't because it became it became a cult hit because everyone loved it. And now Disney's like, "Well, what do we do? We can't take it down now. Everyone likes the film now." I was like, "God damn it." So I would imagine I'm not sure what these filmmakers are doing nowadays, but I would imagine they probably had some form of repercussion. You know, um, it's just like all about like knowing and and also about your ego because there have there has been situations like with like the like the example I said like the beginning of this podcast, like how ego can really make or break your career. Mm. Like sometimes, like yes, you may know what you're doing. Like for example, like the film that I was in, like I didn't come into up to the director's face and tell them what the film production should do. I let her do like film her like it was her set. I, I did you know I was a second AC so I pretty much didn't have really what to say besides blading and marking the actor, but, um, the fact that you know sometimes you need to be humble with the situations and if there's something that you need to vent to somebody do it off set, because you know the moment that you're talking shit about something or somebody, or about any type of situation. Um, it's going to come back and bite you in the mm-hmm. butt. Because what would happen if, like, for example, um, I'm currently, um, I'm actually um, in the process of making a documentary at the moment. Um, I'm not sure, like, uh, what the su- I emailed them last night. I still have yet to hear from them to actually get the permission actually to work on this documentary on the side. Uh, but let's just say for the night shift, uh, for um, example's sake, like let's say like you know I'm directing the movie and someone has a problem with me or whatever, um, you know. Was that? Someone, that was my phone. Oh. <laughs> someone was well, trying to. We can, was uh, a we can rip, so. uh, We can cut this out. We should. Yes. We should uh, so. pack it up. Oh yeah. So I just want to make this one more one more example. Okay. Just and then we'll cut we'll cut it. Uh. So, um. Let's just say like you know I'm directing and people do not care. Uh, about my directing and you know I'm be- I'm doing everything wrong and or doing something right and they don't agree with my directing method whatsoever mm-hmm. because they've been on a set or they have that 
film school mentality of being like, I went to this film school. This is not what we what we do. Uh, let me just be honest. That will kick you off the set, and you will be fired, and you probably won't find work because let's be honest, film is all about who you know, and they will talk about your work ethic and. If you are unprofessional on set, your dreams of being the next film biggest filmmaker will crush like will, and be destroyed like a like an airplane without gas, and you're going down to the sky until it explodes. Um, so yeah. So if you want to take anything out of this podcast today, um, don't have an ego. Communication is key, and also know what you got because it could save you. Uh, a whole big mental struggle to the point that you want to rip your own hair off. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening to the Mike's on Mike podcast today. If you have any questions about the film industry or about filmmaking, feel free to reach us out on Instagram. And also, we have a website now, so you could also send us an email. What? So, yeah, that's crazy. We have a, we have a, yeah, I'm gonna go so email it. That way, I feel like we have people that love. <laughs> it's true. Um, so anyway, thank you for listening to the Mike on my podcast. Yep, thanks for coming. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right. Well, ciao.